Hey everyone, as a small business owner, I wear many, many hats. I'm a manager, a wife, mom, and friend. And you know, I need to stay in my lane and I just need to delegate. And delegating for me is the key to success. And that's when I found AD Media Group. They're a fabulous marketing team and they are there to assist me on multiple platforms. Well, along with my guest today on the show, you know, we've seen so much growth in our businesses with their assistance. So everyone reach out to Audrey Dollins, my dear friend and brand manager on her website, admediagroupllc.com. Their Instagram is admediagrp. Give them a text or a phone call. Hey, tell them I sent you 903-227-2809. Hey everyone, welcome to my show, my so-called fabulous. I'm Tiffany. Welcome everyone to this fabulous show I have going on today. I have wanted this woman on for so long and I finally nailed it. I got her in here from Keller. And you know, um, I'm an influencer and a podcast gal and all kind of things. We wear a lot of hats, a mom, and I have one of my influencer friends in with me now. I have Ryan Janka, the recruiter mom. Oh yes. my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that we finally were able to get it on the calendar. I know. I met you. Um, gosh, it was, we were out of, well, COVID, are we out of it? But um, mm. I met you at Audrey Dolan's workshop in January of last year, I believe. Yes. I can't remember when it was. It was, it was the second one. So Audrey Dolan's, we both work with um, her and her AD media, and we're so happy. Well, she was our photographer, is kind of uh, kind of moving on. But yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's so funny. When I started as an influencer, I had my best friend um, who was a photographer, but she was in Austin. So I was driving to Austin, would take some photos with her and then drive back. I'm like, this is not working. So of course, uh, we were talking previously. I mean, if I need something, I'm going to go Google it. I'm going to go look it up. And I just started like searching DFW photographers Mm -hmm. and one of her photos popped up on my feed. And I thought, this is stunning. I need to hunt this woman down. And I did. That's it. I found her. Um, through Tanya Foster. Yes. I was like, who is that photographer laying in the street trying to get the <laughs> shot? I need her for sure. But she's moved on and she is has ADM media and you and I both are so blessed to be part of that. But let's get to this. So the recruiter mom, I, um, we're going to talk about the birth of this business and you're an influencer and I'm as well. We have different audiences Mm -hmm. and I'm so excited to explain all this to you because this is our career. Y'all, this isn't a hobby. Someone asked me last week, is this just the most fun hobby? I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, (laughs) no, it's not a hobby, but let's back up. You are from California. You went to New Mexico. You ended up at Texas Tech. Yes. Okay. So what was your major? I was actually a marketing major. You're kidding. No, I had wanted to do communications. And my mom said to me, do not be a communications major. Go business because everybody will hire a business major. So I actually um, 
went to Texas Tech. I was a marketing major, but really what gave me my experience, I worked retail all through college. So I started with Abercrombie & Fitch. Um, when I was a freshman in college, they were opening their stores in Lubbock. So I'd started as just like a you know brand rep, hourly worker when they opened their first adult store, started then, okay, I'll be an intern there. In my mind, it was always okay, how do I get paid more? How do I like right. move up within the company so I can get paid more? Cause I'm a you know poor college kid. So then I became an assistant manager at the adult store. And then by the time that I was going into my senior year, they had opened their kids store and they promoted me to store manager. What? So by the time that I was a senior in college, I was store manager of the kids store. This is also though around 9-11. So in the, my, what is it? Fall semester, obviously September, of my senior year, everything fell apart. Mm -hmm. So for everyone that was in college at that point in time, you know, the, the careers that you thought were going to be there weren't there. Mm -hmm. No one was hiring. So I stayed on with Abercrombie for one more year. And I remember sitting in a senior level Texas tech class, and it was a class of like 300 kids. And the professor said, raise your hand. If you have a job, when you graduate, I was one of four that raised their hands. So I just continued on in retail because I really didn't have anything else to do. And during that time, one of my assistant managers his girlfriend went to go work for the rental car company that I ended up at. And she's like, it's such a great place and you should really work there. And kind of same thing. It fell into my lap. I was moving to Austin from Lubbock and didn't want to work retail anymore. Thought, okay, you know, I've heard that this is a good company. They have a training program. I'll start there. And I did. I started, I moved on a Friday. I started the next Monday, washing cars, renting cars, everything that was included in that management training program. And within that company, though, is very ingrained that you are only promoted from within. You have the ability to kind of do your own career. Well, I started dating a man that also worked for the company. (laughs) So I mean, started dating one of, you know, somebody I worked with and an opportunity came open where he could stay on the management track and I could go into recruiting. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, that's a great option. I love what I'm hearing about recruiting. It gave us both the ability to stay with a company that we loved. And so I ended up doing that um, in the recruiting side of that business for 12 years. Um, So a total of 15 years with that company overall. And so they knew you were dating. Yes. Okay. They knew. So, okay. Yep. So we were very transparent. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the scoop. Yes. So then, um, You became ill. You had a tumor on your optic nerve, which my sister had the exact same thing, which would lead to blindness, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. So what ended up happening is that my husband and I were going on an anniversary trip to Colorado and I'm sometimes, sometimes I have everything together and sometimes I'm a little last minute. So I was packing for the trip and realized, oh my gosh, I'm out of contacts because I've always worn contacts and realized, oh gosh, well now my prescription's also up. I have to go get an eye appointment, go on lunch break (laughs) and like go get this done so I can get some new contacts before we go on our ski trip. So I go to that optical appointment, which I go every year. Like I'm, you know, one of those things like, okay, I get this done. I do my adulting sure. and they do the first eye. Everything is the same. Okay. That's all the same. They do the chart for my second eye. And I'm like, I can't see that. And the doctor was like, 
hold on, try this. And I was like, I can't see that. Like, I don't know what you changed, but like, I can't see that. They were showing me basically like the big E on the chart. Mm -hmm. I had lost 80% of my vision in that eye in one year, because obviously I'd had an eye appointment the year before everything was fine. And I remember leaving and walking into the parking lot and I called my husband and I'm in tears. And I was like, something is really, really wrong. Mm. Like something is really wrong and they can't tell me what it is. I ended up going to about five doctors before I was finally referred to UT Southwestern. But during that time, I mean, it was, it's probably cancerous because it's grown so fast. Um, we don't know what it is. You probably have to undergo all sorts of things. Nobody had any answers. Gosh. And that was the most frustrating part. I'm very A-type. I'm like, just tell me what we're going to yeah. do. Mm -hmm. When I finally got to the surgeon at UT Southwestern, he's like, no, I think it's this. I think we can take it out. But if kind of like we don't know what the nerves are doing back there, there's a good chance that when I take it out, there's enough nerve damage where you'll there's no nerve left. You're going to be blind. Second option is we damage the nerve and it basically paralyzes your face. Um, third option is, you know, we take it out and everything's fine. And I'm like, let's door let's number, yeah, door door number three. three. <laughs> For sure. And, but it was one of those situations where you just kind of like, okay, let's hope for the best. And he did the surgery, no blindness, no double vision, no paralyzation in my face. I have a very, very small scar and my vision actually got better wow. when they removed the tumor. My vision went back to like, I don't even know, probably as good as it was in seventh grade. Wow. That is amazing. So when you were recovering is when you got the, the news, the news that your life is about to change that what happened? So when I was in recovery, my husband said, Hey, my boss just got promoted. There's an opportunity for me to, to basically interview for his job. It would be a really big promotion within the company to an officer level. This is something that I've always wanted. We always kind of thought that we would have to move to take this type of promotion. And so while I was on medical leave, he went through the interview process about three days before I was supposed to come back. He got the job. And we found out during that process that my backup plan had always been still working for the company, but as a contract recruiter. So not in my existing role, but I could work part-time, work from home. There was kind of like that sort of position available. We found out during that time as well, hey, no, you can't do that either. You can't work for the company at all. Mm. As soon as he takes this job, you have to leave. Wow. So the day that I came back from medical leave... Um, I had half a day to pack my office, mm -mm. turn in my company car and leave my career. Leave your career of 15, 15 years. years. I mean, and and I and I asked you before, was it your dream job, but it was your identity. Yes. Right? It was so much of me was wrapped up in that position and being a recruiter and you know, I think for a lot of women too, when you're that far into a career, it's just second nature. It is your elevator speech. You meet someone, you're like, hi, I'm Ryan. Immediately they ask, what do you do? Well, I'm a corporate recruiter. It had just been who I was for so long. And luckily, again, I have a very supportive husband, probably part of it. He felt a little guilty of the fact that like, I think so. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you just lost your career. And we had a conversation because it was good 
family lifetiming as well. My daughter was moving from kindergarten to go into a public school the next year for first grade for the first time. So I knew at that point, like I wanted to be able to pick her up from school at three o'clock. I didn't want to go into another corporate job the way that I had it because we were moving into a new phase of our family life, but I wasn't ready to just give up working completely because that had just always been a part of what I also wanted my kids to see. I wanted my kids to see that, you know, their mom works and that I have something of my own in addition to being their mom. So I spent the summer just really trying to figure out what I wanted to do, um, enjoying my time with my daughter and then, you know, kind of started this path. Well, and you know, um, there's something to be said about, I just, I can't sit still. Mm -hmm. People ask me at my age, like your husband's retired. Why did you start this business? Why did you start influencing? I'm not finished y'all. I mean, I mean, I just want to work my brain and to (laughs) make a difference, you know, either Mm -hmm. financially or to help people. And what you and I are doing is both, but I would, uh, influencers, we're helping people. Right. So you said, okay, I'm going to figure out what to do. So how did you decide this is my path? So a lot of it came from kind of some things that I had been doing for years. One of them is I, you know, in a rental car company, I worked with a lot of men that did not know how to buy gifts for their wives. Like it was just a running joke. So I had um, my boss at one point in time, I started putting together like Amazon gift lists for him. I said, okay, here's all the things that your wife would like. Just pick some things off of that. Do that for Christmas. Do that for her birthday. So I was already in that world. I loved giving recommendations. I would do on-campus presentations and I would talk about professional dress. That was one of the presentations that I probably did a hundred times on college campuses. So there's a lot of things about like finding cool things, finding the best gifts, you know, dressing for success that was always in the background. Then when my kids were born, I also started, um, I was introduced to kind of like this underground um, Facebook groups of buy, sell, trade. So I would buy my kids, you know, higher end clothing, but then I'd resell it when they grew out of it. And I had kind of this side business of buying clothing, reselling their previous stuff and kind of in a loop. Well, that, those Facebook groups gave me that confidence and built a network of women that really understood social media. And I saw a few of them start to build this influencing type of page of it wasn't just them, you know, admitting buy, sell trade groups, but now they're posting, okay, this is on sale at Amazon or like, hey, here's some bento boxes that are on sale. And I really started thinking, okay, this is something that is growing. Um, I followed a couple influencers on Facebook didn't feel like any page that I followed really fit me to a T. And I saw that there was an area of opportunity to get into that world and fulfill an area that was just absent. And for me, that was women that are curvy. I'm a size 10, 12 um, and workwear. No one was showing workwear. Like I would see the cutest outfits for the weekend, but I spent 50 hours of my week Mm -hmm. in business suits or professional dress. And no one was talking about that. And so a little bit, it was out of frustration and out of really seeing like, 
I know there's other women like me. I work with them. I sure. know that there are people that are looking for this. Um, and maybe I could be that for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is fascinating because you did the research. I'm, I'm sure you brought in that marketing degree and you are an entrepreneur. So how did you develop, I, I know the answer to this, <laughs> the name, your handle? So the recruiter mom came from that time in my life of, I don't want to give up my identity, which is being a corporate recruiter. But I'm also moving into this other phase of life where like that mom title is a lot of what I do every day. And so I wanted to marry the two and give basically like honor both parts of me because both of them will always be who I am. I'm going to always be a corporate recruiter. That was so much of my young adulthood, but I'm also in a new phase of life where like the mom title is a lot of what I do every day too. Absolutely. Because you have two children, one in first grade and one in fourth. Yes. Okay. The girl is in fourth, your daughter, and then your son is in first grade. Yes. So you are still just busy mom. Yeah. I mean, and (laughs) you know, um, with what we do, and y'all, it's and 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 Ryan and I both know that a lot of our time is sent at set, sitting at the computer, yes. working, working on content, writing. Um, we don't always look like we do on social media. No, rarely. Um, and people think that it's such a glamorous um, career. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's glamorous because I'm getting to do what I want to do. You know what I mean? Right. But it's not always glamorous, but it's so fulfilling to me, right? Yes. I wouldn't be at four years in this industry if I didn't have the DMs and the direct messages from Mm -hmm. women and the feedback from women that say, you have helped me think of my body different. I've been able to, you know, dress after having a baby or after being home, you know, for the last two years with COVID and I've only worn sweatpants, you know, on zoom calls. And now I have to go back to the office and nothing fits. And I didn't know how to do that until I started following you. And I saw someone that looked like me mm-hmm. and that you have the confidence to, you know, show workwear, show a bathing suit, show spanks if I need to, mm-hmm. you know, all those things that normalizes, Hey, this is the body that I live in every single day. And it's gorgeous and it's perfect. And you can find those clothing pieces too that are going to make you feel fabulous. Absolutely. And that is what it's all about. I'm I when I hear from my followers and listeners, I just I'm just so happy. I went to dinner last night and you you know we'll talk about work life balance, but I went to dinner last night and I was stopped, no kidding, 12 times in the restaurant. Oh my gosh, I love, you know, what you're doing. I love I'm like Yes. I mean, people and they're like, I I see your workouts and it lets me, it tells me to get my ass out of bed and go. Right. You know, so it does feel good to make a difference. And you're right. It says direct messages. Yeah. So you, you were looking at yourself and again, I, I agree. It's, it's resonating. You rarely see the work clothes. I mean, and you're in a corporate corporate. I mean, not, Mm -hmm. you just can't wear jeans and a, and a blazer. Right. I mean, we're talking. Right. And that was the funniest part. I would go onto Pinterest and I would search like workout fit and it'd be like ripped up jeans and a blazer. I'm like that. You cannot wear that to work. People (laughs) like you cannot wear that to work. And I was telling college age women, you can't wear that to work yet. What they were seeing and what was out there was this very like influencer esque Mm -hmm. workwear 
with mini skirts and like that. And I'm like, no, no, that's not appropriate. So I don't know. I guess part of my personality too is like, fine, I'll show you. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I have a, one of Kennedy's friends, my daughter's friend, uh, she's graduating and she got a job, um, with a banking institution Mm -hmm. and, and private, private wealth. And so she was over the other day and she's like, you're going to get rid of some, because I still have some of my career clothing items, rarely wear them anymore. But, um, She's like, Mama T, can I have some of these shoes? And I'm like, well, why can't you wear this shoe to work? She said, Mother, uh, mother. she said, I can't wear, I have to have closed toe shoes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, it's still a thing, right? Oh, I was at our HR conference. So when I first started with my company, there was a male CEO and then a female CEO was promoted. And I was at the conference when she announced that you could finally wear peep toe shoes <laughs> and you were no longer required to wear pantyhose. Up until that time, I was required to wear pantyhose every single day. Yes. So it was like eye opening. So I come from a very conservative professional background. I've had to loosen it up in what I do now because a lot of workplaces have gotten a little bit more casual, but I tell people all the time, go conservative, go mm-hmm. a little bit more professional. And it's easy to back that down. Absolutely. Is. And I, I, my first job out of when I graduated TCU was teaching. Mm-hmm. Now I was 21 teaching 18 year olds. Okay. <laughs> now I mean, I mean in high school and, um, pantyhose. Mm-hmm. And I remember the, uh, what were they? The, Knee highs. Uh, knee highs. Thank oh, yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Because when you wear pants, you can wear yep. that. So, I mean, now the thought of wearing pantyhose just makes me want to cringe. And then I worked for Southern Living. Same thing, but had to wear heels yes. as well. That's why my feet are so, so jacked up right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a thing. And that was, gosh, I'm trying to think when that was. But you were just thinking, that was, re- I mean, mm-hmm. that wasn't too long ago. That wasn't too long ago. Not at all. I would wear high heels. And I do get a lot of responses from the women that follow me or my readers that are like, oh my gosh, you're in heels all the time. I'm like, I used to wear heels to a six hour career fair and stand yeah. on concrete. So it, nothing bothers me. No, no. Two hour shirts, uh, shoots, nothing. Okay. So Ryan, I hear from a lot of my followers and listeners, my audience, women are wanting to change careers. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, I hear some women and I, and I respect this. They've been attorneys. They're a career attorney. One in particular, family law, mm-hmm. very draining on her emotionally, but I mean, has done well, but she's like, you know what? I just really want to teach Pilates, mm-hmm. you know, shifting careers. And I, I have someone that was on the show. She's a, now she's influencing and she just took a career break from a medical. So you are changing careers, but yours was forced. Mm-hmm. Do you ever think that if they would have, if you would have had to leave, you would have left? If it was my choice, I probably would have never left. And I've had this conversation with a few of my friends that still work for the company or have eventually left. I probably needed that kick in the pants to leave. I probably would have never left. But I also don't know how my life would have been as we got into school and my kids got more busy. I probably would have been forced at some point in time to make some really tough decisions. For me, I wholeheartedly believe that if you want to make a career change, if you have a passion for something, 
Do your research, though, like understand, go talk to those Pilates instructors and understand, OK, what is the return on investment? What is the tipping point of being financially stable? How long is that going to take? Did I make money the first year and a half when I was an influencer? Absolutely not. No. You know, but I knew that I was building a business every single time that I built my community, that I was honest with them, that I was building that trust that would eventually come back and it would be successful, but it, it's a buildup and you have to know, Hey, is this a length of time that I'm able to give to building this up? Then go educate yourself even more. Go podcast, listen to podcasts that have, you know, things that are in that field. I went to some conferences when I first starting as an influencer, I went to a blogging conference so that I could learn that part of the business a little bit better. I listened to a ton of different podcasts, anything that I could read about the influencer industry. There was an influencer book that came out kind of the first year or so that I was in the industry. I, you know, gobbled that up the second that it came out. I am the type of person. And I think that you have to be constantly learning and constantly educating yourself to be able to keep up. Oh yeah. And you know, I, some things I learn, I learn and I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, it's something happened yesterday. I just hit my head and I'm like, oh, will I ever learn? No, you don't <laughs> stop learning No, because our industry in most industries these days changes daily. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it's, I'm like algorithms, how, I mean, it's just, it's, you know, and how you grow, it's, it's just a, it's a puzzle. Well, I tell people all the time with the influencer industry, do not get into this industry unless you really like technology and you really are fascinated on advertising and marketing because that's what you're doing. It's sales mixed with technology. That's what this entire thing is. It is. So um, knowing, hey, it's always going to change. I don't know, you know, from when you started, Reels wasn't even a thing. No. TikTok wasn't a thing. No. So to be able to be adaptable and flexible and have that within your personality and feel that as a challenge of like, okay, I'm, something else is new. I'm going to figure this out. I've always been that type of person of, okay, this is a challenge. I'm going to figure out the answer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and it, you know, it's, um, I, Audrey would always say, do stories. I need you to do more stories. I need you to story. I'm like, who cares what I'm doing or what, but they do, right? <laughs> you know, when the stories just went crazy and now mm -hmm. reels, I'm like, oh gosh, but, um, Ryan, I'm proud to announce we've gone viral on TikTok nice. many, many times. I love I'm it. like, why? <laughs> okay. It wasn't my, my recipe for chicken. It was some stupid thing I did. I don't even know. I might've, you know, fallen or something, but anyway, it's amazing, right. it's yes. a, but a very different audience. Very it different. is. Yeah. And there are some things that you might have to say within that industry, or at least I've said is, you know what, that's not my thing. And I'm okay with that not being my thing. You know, I know my people are here. And that's really big in my business is I could have played and spent so much time and energy and comparing myself had I really focused on Instagram. I didn't. I knew that that's not where my people were. I knew my age demographic, the working moms, they were all on Facebook. And I knew if I grew that first, I can figure out all the rest of it. So you let's talk about your audience. You are mid-sized style yes. is, is, is in your bio. Yes. And um, talking to the everyday woman, mm -hmm. the healthy woman, and your audience demographics. Tell me more about your audience. I would say the majority of my audience is about 35 to 50. Um, most of them are 
working in some capacity or have had some sort of career at some point in time, there is a little bit of that, like, Hey, maybe they are a full-time stay at home mom now, but they're working in this goal. They're, you know, on PTA, they're, you know, also volunteering their time. Like these are women that are busy and they don't have the time to just sit around and be like, okay, let me try on five things for the cocktail party that I have to go to because we were invited as a family. They find that frustrating and they find that kind of sometimes like it it hurts your heart. (laughs) So what I do is say, okay, cool. I'll be the one that tries it all on for you. I'll be the one that gives you the fit tips. I'll be the one that says, Hey, you know what? Don't even bother with this one because it fits horribly. Um, and I'm really, really honest about my body, about my sizing and that transparency has allowed women to say, okay, I feel confident because every time that you've recommended something, it did fit right. Or it did feel like the fabric you said that it was going to. So that trust, um, and that authenticity has been huge in building the community that I have, but mostly it's women. I would say I'm at, oh gosh, I, I try to keep it to 99% women. Um, cause that's who I feel like is really purchasing the items that I recommend. Um, surprisingly I have a good amount of women in Texas, but I also have a lot of East coasters, which is funny because our climates are so different. So there's times when I'm like, you're still getting snow. I don't understand what is going on there. <laughs> right. In Texas, we're in shorts. Like, exactly. Go ahead and buy your shorts. Now you can wear them in three months. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you started this with Facebook, that yes. was, that was your, and that was all I was on until I started Instagram three years ago. And everybody's mm-hmm. like, you're a chef. Why aren't you putting your beautiful food, your cookbooks on Instagram? I'm like, you know what? I'm raising my child. When she graduates, I'm going to do it. And I'm, when I do it, I'm going to do it. Right. And it's not a hobby, but <laughs> seriously, you know, it's, it's that, but I was on Facebook, Ryan, seriously, that was just my audience as a private person. Mm-hmm go to Instagram, that big fish, and have just been like, why can't, I mean, how do you get a hundred thousand followers? I mean, how, you know, how, you know, you're just that swimming in your head. And then Audrey Esley actually told me yesterday, she's like, we got to get you back on Facebook because, and I wasn't even responding. That was, you know what I mean? Like, I just thought it was like, ah, passe for me. It's not true. There's something, there's a shift going on. I mean, Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's something I guess for me, and I I probably am unique in this sense, I do not compare. I truly believe in my business, there is no one else like me. So there's no point for me to look at some other influencer and be like, oh, but they're doing this and they have this many followers. Guess what? I guarantee you follower count is not indicative of their community, their engagement of their community. Or their ability to make money. Right. Because right. follower count is, you know, most people don't understand that part of it. Um, and everybody has a different mix of business. I have really said, hey, this is what's important to me. And then also bringing in those brands that I can partner with that I have loved for years. And I can say, hey, I stand behind this brand because I truly wear it. I truly love it. It's not a fast paycheck. It's because I want to have a long-term relationship and I buy this. And therefore... I'm recommending it to my community the exact same way that I would recommend it to my mom, to my best friend, to my neighbor, yes. because 
the people in my community, that's who I think I'm talking to. Mm -hmm. You know, I, in my mind, I always, I'm like, I'm talking to about five people. That's all I really think about. Mm -hmm. And if those five people were at lunch with me, I would say the exact same thing as I do online. Right. Well, I want to go back to comparison, what you said. I had so Heather vlog on here mm -hmm. and she has said to me multiple times because she said, you know, it, she said, I do it all the time, but comparison is the thief of joy. Mm -hmm. It is, it is. And so keeping that in mind, and there's just so much social media, social media out there. And then you're right. The transparency is huge. I thought I had to be in full makeup and hair every time I popped on stories and people say to me, you know, stitch your makeup on. Thank you. You right. make us feel normal. You mm -hmm. make it's okay. I'm like, are you kidding me? So now I'm doing more. Do, you know what I mean? It's just right. what they want to see because I think in this business, trust is everything. It is. Do yes. they trust us? Right. Right. It's it's amazing. I, again, I keep in the back of my mind. If I was sitting at a table with five of my best friends, would I do the same things? Would I say the same things? Would I be recommending it? Would I look like this? You know, all of that is really, really important to me. And that's great because I do get messages back of like, I feel like we'd be best friends. I'm like, we are best friends. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. We are friends. I know. And you know, it's amazing that um, I have a girl that's in uh, Mandy in New York. And she won a giveaway two years ago or so. Mm -hmm. I swear we're like, we, we, we I mean, we chat right. a lot. I mean, she comments and I'm just like, I just want to meet her. Yeah. You know, yeah. you do develop those, those relationships. Absolutely. So let's talk about schedule. So what is the average, you know, I'd say day, but day by day, it's a little crazy. It's a little different, but mm -hmm. what does your average week look like? So tell us what an influencer, the recruiter mom, does during the week? That's a great question. I think <laughs> that my husband would have a different response of how much I work versus Ugh. what I think I work. I, I'm an early riser, so I have always been an early riser. I typically get up between 4.30 and 5 o'clock in the morning. This is my girl right here, y'all. Yep. <laughs> I immediately go to my computer because part of the Facebook world is those, the deals of the day. Like, what just went on sale? What can I tell you immediately? Hey, before your kids get up, before you start your day, if you're going to grab one thing, here's a few things that are on sale. So I always start my day with that. But that takes my research earlier than when my community is going to be getting up. So I'm typically posting my first deal or my first post at six o'clock in the morning on Facebook. That means I need to have been up for an hour researching those things. Um, my morning is typically, like I said, five to six, 15 or so is my time. Yes. And I really am like, okay, my son was starting to get up really early, like 530 in the morning. I'm like, buddy, no, uh -uh. you do not come in mama's office no. until this time. They've gotten better. So that's my time. Then I have to go in mom mode. So now I'm like making breakfast at 615. I'm making sure the kids have all the things that they need for school. I drop off my kids. I normally can get back to my house by about eight o'clock, 745. Hypothetically, let's call it eight o'clock. Between eight o'clock and three every workday, I am typically working that entire time, whether it is try-ons, sourcing um, content, writing content. I, I mean, the gamut of things to do never ends. On the weekends, I also do typically spend about two to three hours doing something work-related. 
Um, I'm trying to get better on that. I'm trying to outsource more. Um, we built a pool last year, so it was really exciting for us. So on Sundays now, I really tried to make that family time and we're in the pool. We're, you know, hanging out. I'm getting prepped for the rest of the week. So Sundays have become more my day, more a family day, but for the most part, it's, it's a busy, busy it's a week. lot. Mm-hmm. It is a lot. And, um, you know, I've, I've really, really tried to let, I mean, Mondays not to come in cause I'm shoot, we're shooting in, in studio. And so I try so hard to not, because Mondays are just, it's just a lot, you know, mm-hmm. catching back up. And I'm at the point right now, I'm, I do work on weekends, half day on Saturday, half day on Sunday, mm-hmm. but I, that has to stop because my husband is being neglected. I right. mean, and he's <laughs> retired. Um, so it's, it is, it's difficult to find work-life balance. Last night you go to, uh, you, when you go to dinner, I'm taking photographs of food because I'm a chef and promoting the restaurant and making sure my food people are happy, my right. that audience. So it's so difficult. And I, and it, and it resonated with me, <laughs> my husband, he, we ordered last week or something and he said, are you going to take a picture first before I touch it? You know what I mean? So, right. and he is the biggest cheerleader for me. I mean, it's great, but it is, it's difficult to find that balance, you know, but I'm with you. I get up early so I can have that. No one's talking to me. Right. You know, and having younger kids too is they need to have time where they feel like, you know, mom is focused just on me. And after three o'clock, we're at activities. Yes, I do get on the computer probably maybe for like another hour at some point in our evening. But now when we're in we're in activity mode, I mean, I'm at baseball, I'm at dance and we're, you know, I'm the mom mobile. So we I really do try and have that time of, OK, I'm I'm in mom mode during those hours. What does your family think about your business? My husband is extremely supportive and he is really, really proud of the business that I have built. Um, obviously, both of us are very surprised of the success. Uh, it's 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 crazy. It really is. Um, there's a lot of times still he's like, you found your like dream job. I'm yes. like, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Yes. Um, my kids, I, they understand it. They don't understand it. You know, my son is young enough where in his mind, it's like, mommy just takes a lot of pictures of herself. Like, and then she sits at a computer. Like it doesn't resonate to no. him of like what I'm doing. So I was like, are you going to take another picture of yourself? Like, Uh-oh, Oh my no. God. Isn't that fun? Yeah. So in his mind, it's like, mom just takes a lot of pictures of herself and then sits at the computer. My daughter though, because she is now getting older, some of the girls in her class have TikTok. They have YouTube. Like she's starting to get exposed to what social media means. And so it's really wonderful to be in this business to say, okay, let me tell you what it really means. Let me tell you that there's mean people out there, that people are going to judge you based on this. Um, and I'm very, very protective of them and they don't have social media and they don't have phones. And, you know, so those are things that within our family, those are decisions that we've made because of some of the things that I have seen. Of course. Oh my gosh. It's frightening. Frightening. And they're little. They're yeah. still little. Oh Thank my you. goodness. I have a 23 year old girl, but <laughs> you know, she's teaching me some things yes. too. Um, yeah, I was a style of Sam here in Fort Worth. She's mm-hmm. an influencer and she has two young children, probably your age. And, um, she was on the show and she was talking about, um, brands would send, she's a fashion mm-hmm. and brands would send the things, items for her children. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, okay. And she said, you know, 
it, it was it was fun for her daughter for a minute, but they're like, oh no. So she's like, you know, I'm just not going. These nice people sent you these clothes. Let's try them on. And she's like, you know what? I I we tried that. They didn't want to do it. Now if they want to do it, that's one a different right. story. But she's like, you know, um, you gotta listen to your children. That's the most important thing. You know, always listen. Absolutely. And there was a a turning point. So I was having my kids involved in a couple of things, especially over the summers when they're home anyway, and. It was around back to school time and we were taking family photos because we always take family photos in the fall. And my son said to me, he's like, do I really have to take another picture? And I looked at him and I said, bud, we take family photos every year. But if this is your choice of like, this is the last photo that you take this year, that's fine. You get that option. But you're taking family photos. (laughs) That's that is not negotiable. Right, exactly. At all, at Goes all. on the Christmas card, buddy. One time a year. <laughs> okay, platforms you're on. Obviously, Instagram and Facebook. Yes. Amazon Live. Explain that to us. That is going back to you better like technology because things are always changing. A couple, gosh, I think it was over a year and a half ago, is Amazon approached me based on my Amazon sales. And they said, we're developing this new platform where it's kind of QVC-esque, it's video, you're live, but you also have a carousel of products beneath you so that as you're talking about things, people can then shop exactly what you're talking about. Um, Of kind of like the group of friends that I have of influencers, just me and one other girl had started at that point in time. And it blew up and they actually, they marketed a ton. And so they started putting those live streams at the top of Amazon page. So for black Friday, that weekend, one of my videos was at the top of Amazon's landing page. When you go to Amazon during black Friday weekend. So they have really invested a lot in technology when it comes to making it a one-stop shop of shopping Mm -hmm. from photos to videos. Um, Everything is evolving and it's already a website that everybody shops at. So for me, it just made sense of, hey, let's get in early. Let me learn this as fast as possible. There's a lot of technology though that goes behind Amazon Lives. I had to learn, again, I had to Google myself through, you know, OBS and that software and how to do streaming software because I wasn't a YouTuber. I'd never done that sort of video, but I taught myself how to do that, how to get the correct lighting, how to get microphones, how to set all those different things up, how to make my carousel look good, how to do a B-roll. I taught myself all of that to be able to be a high-end streamer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have close to now 14,000 followers on Amazon Live. Wow. Unbelievable. That is amazing, girl. Congratulations <laughs> on that. Thank you. I mean, that is amazing. And you're, you know, and you are always just, just going, going, going. Do you do a lot in stories? Yes, I'm trying to get better. <laughs> Audrey's not pounding No, no, I, she's not pounding me on that one. And part of it too is that, I really like long try-ons. And so for me, that's where like my comfort level is. It's not what Instagram likes to show. right? But for me, for my audience, a lot of it is fit tips. And it's like, okay, this is how this flows. This is how this fits. This is where it's tight. I wouldn't buy this if you're this size or if you are curvy like this. So I'm trying to get more succinct in my stories and like get to the point faster, but that's not my nature. Right, right. No, it, it, <laughs> and, and you know what? You, I, I'm finding out too, if you don't care for it, just don't do it. Stay in your lane that's working. And obviously it's working. So to explain to us, because you and I both use Audrey Dollins, AD Media. Yes. Audrey and I, you and I both, the 
the photography piece and mm-hmm. she's love it. She is found her. I mean, she is so good at what she does. What does AD Media do for you? So it was a relationship that really evolved. So obviously, Audrey had been my photographer for, I think, maybe two years at the time that she started AD Media. And we were talking one day about being busy moms and what I could take off my plate. And she said to me, like, if you could let go of anything, what would it be? And for me, it was a lot of the like admin stuff, like really technical. So there's an app that we use um, through LTK. LTK's images have to be loaded on your phone. I hate being on my phone. I am a desktop girl. Like me too. I'm old school. So for me, that was one of my biggest frustrations of like, I don't want to be on my phone to have to load this photo, put fit tips in there. I could give that away and I don't have to do it. So that's how I first started is I said, okay, can y'all load X amount of photos every single week, every single month? So that's how we first started. And I saw that it change my ability to do stories, to do other things a little bit better because I wasn't so bogged down with this Mm. like input essentially. Yes. Then it evolved into, okay, Ryan, you're doing a fair amount of blogs. Do you really need to be doing the technical side of it? I need it to say my voice. I write everything myself. There's not a single person that has ever written on my blog or written any of my captions. That has to be me. But do I have to sit there for another two hours and link the photos and link all of the things? Those are the things that it doesn't need me Mm -hmm. for. So then then I started saying, okay, you guys can take over that part of it. Um, Then it has evolved. I'm trying to think of what else they do at this point for me too. Oh, because I am on so many different platforms, videos that I've used in a try on on Instagram stories. Now we transfer that over to the Amazon platform where that same try on video can sit beneath the product that you're looking at. So if you're looking at a dress on Amazon, there's a good chance there might be a video of my try on right on that same landing page, but it's technical input. Mm -hmm. Like I already did the hard work. I already tried it on. I already did the stories. Now it's just that extra time of moving it to all the different platforms where it can be seen and where it can be consumed. Absolutely. I mean, and they're brilliant. I mean, she and her team is just, I mean, the same thing with me. I'm just like, I I can't do, I don't care to do WordPress. Mm -hmm. I don't care to link the LTK. You know what I mean? Because content creation. I'm developing recipes and doing a podcast. So they are so good about taking things off your plate. Yes. Thank the Lord. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being here. It's finally so great to have you over here. And I appreciate you making the the 45 minute trip. Yes. No, absolutely. Whoever's in charge though, I-35, if y'all could fix that, that'd be great. That would be a great thing, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, Ryan, how can we find you? You can find me on Facebook, at the recruiter mom. So there's no the on Facebook, on Instagram, and pretty much every other social media platform. It's the recruiter mom. Well, great. Well, everyone go and follow along her. Watch her Amazon lines. They're actually fabulous. <laughs> love you. it. Love it. Well, thank you again. And everyone, thank you so much for listening today. And gosh, we're trying to get up in that Apple Spotify world. Go and rate, review this, and please let us know what you would like to hear. And everyone, have a wonderful day and keep being fabulous.